Hello and welcome to Manga Splaining, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read manga before. Hosted by me, Deb Aoki, David Brothers, Christopher Butcher, and Chip Zdarsky. Follow along with our show notes and reading lists at mangasplaining.com. All right, this week's my turn, and this week we are going to talk about a manga about making manga called Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun by Izumi Tsubaki. It's available from Yen Press, and it's basically a, a manga about a, a high school boy who is secretly a, a girls manga, girls romance manga creator. The kicker is, is that he's so incredibly clueless about love that there's a girl who has a crush on him and he has no idea. Instead, when she confesses to him that she's been his biggest fan, he gives her an autograph. And then she says, I always want to be with you. And he goes, okay, come home with me. You, you fury now, come on home with me. And she thinks, oh my God, we're going to do it. Has he invited all these girls before? And the next thing she knows, she is inking in his manga pages. And it just kind of goes from there. <laughs> so Sakura, the main girl, and Nozaki-kun, basically kind of go through this whole back and forth where she still pines for him and he still is completely clueless about romance. That he never, no matter how many two by fours she hits him with, to give him the hint that she likes him, he never quite catches on. But this could not, this as a premise would maybe be a couple chapters. What Izumi Tsubaki does was she keeps introducing more and more clueless high schoolers who don't know anything about love. And it just goes from there. <laughs> so, Monthly Girl Nozaki-kun, and I mistakenly called it Weekly Girls Nozaki-kun, I'm sorry. <laughs> because at technically thinking a high schooler making a weekly manga would probably shorten a couple fuses anyway. <laughs> That's a hilarious <laughs> it, it idea, it, actually. <laughs> it kills adults, so I don't know how a high schooler could manage to juggle school I mean, and put a weekly manga. <laughs> I, I'll be the first to point out, I don't think this comic is in any way realistic. I don't know. I don't know. Bakuman <laughs> has two boys making a month, a weekly comic for Shonen Jump before they graduate high school. Oh, well, okay, is, maybe I'm wrong. Crazy. Uh, <laughs> I would like to see it, is what, all I will say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. I will say that Izumi Tsubaki makes some pretty, you know, as shoujo manga goes, she does two, uh, she has other two other series in English. One's called The Magic Touch, and one's called Oresama teacher, and they're both really mm. weird shoujo manga. One mm. is about a girl who falls in love with a guy's back because she's into massage. The other one is about this girl who is a juvenile delinquent and she gets transferred to another school. And then she has to be a good girl because otherwise she'll disappoint her mom. But then she still wants to fight and be a juvenile delinquent, so she puts on a mask and pretends she's a boy. Anyway, <laughs> totally weird shoujo manga. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So this is what we got here. So um, Orisam, um, Monthly Girls Dozaki-kun was adapted as an anime, and it is available now from Yen Press. And seeing as we have a couple of you here who are manga editors <laughs> and comics creators, <laughs> yeah. um, at least deeply aware of the comics industry, I was mm -hmm. kind of curious. Let's start with David this time, since you're the manga editor. <laughs> what, what was your take on Monthly Girls Dozaki-kun? I 
So I have a dumb story before I tell my take. <laughs> my okay. context. Uh, I remember watching the Nozaki-kun anime in 2014-ish um, with my roommate at the time, Laura Hudson, who ran like Comics Alliance and Comic Foundry, all these comics things. And I remember both of us really enjoying it. Like the jokes were really funny. The voice acting was good. The comic stuff like made sense to us because we knew about comics. And so I sat down to reread the manga and I realized I'd never actually read the manga. And I didn't realize it was a four panel manga. And I like it less than I like the anime, which is very rare for me because I'm very much like Whoa. a comic sort of, you know, the best medium in the world kind of a guy. But I think the voice acting and the in-between scenes that the anime shows that the manga doesn't are a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But with that said, I think this is still pretty strong, but I would like it more if I hadn't read Wotokoi before, which Ooh, is a very similar... So where this is like teen drama, like will they, won't they kind of dating thing in Wotakoi, a girl, um, a lady meets an old friend at work who almost outs her as a nerd. And she's like, shut up. Don't like no one here. I'm cool here. Like, leave me alone. And he's also like a huge computer nerd. And they make a deal to date each other to kind of keep each other's cover so that when one has to do like a raid or something, uh, they cover for each other. But the difference is it's all adult drama and adult references. Like they talk about how their first loves were on like Sailor Moon or Dragon Ball. So all the jokes <laughs> are from my generation instead yeah. of the kids stuff. <laughs> but it still has kind of that comics angle of the female lead in the series makes like independent comics. So there are multiple scenes where she's like on deadline, like right before the convention, like nose to the grindstone and calling all of her friends in. But the weird part is the cast members look the same. The lead character of Wotakoi is a orangish pinkish haired like very kind girl her boyfriend is like a tall very oblivious blank faced like brunette guy there's the tomboyish girl there's the person who's oblivious to how attractive they are and gets really embarrassed for all these weird parallels so i couldn't help but think of one while i was reading (laughs) the other and i think Mm -hmm. the adult drama does more for me but nozaki-kun has better slapstick drama like everyone's like 300 percent more dumb in Nozaki. (laughs) (laughs) Just even the setup of like, oh, I like you. You know, I'm your biggest fan. Like first, who says that? I assume maybe that's a translation thing uh, or something that's been like lost in translation. But there's so many leaps to get to the point of her doing backgrounds and like inking and spotting blacks for him that I kind of laugh. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of the joke in, in throughout yeah. this. Like, just the setups are just so outrageous just to get the characters to do or be a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the straight man keeps shifting depending on what the joke needs, what purpose the joke needs to serve. Because uh, yeah. sometimes it's the main character, sometimes it's Nozaki. But no, it's good. It's just not as good as I remembered it being when I thought that I had read it. <laughs> it's not as good as your memory of never having read it yes wow. <laughs> but i will say it does have one of my most favorite jokes in comics on page 37 mm. the strip called strengths i love when artists have to draw poorly like talented artists have to draw poorly in comics yeah, yeah. and this one does it twice like it's like three of the same joke in the same two panels <laughs> yeah yeah super good yeah it's just um, so good and then he draws all the flowers on the next one, and it's like, oh, oh it was beautiful, really beautiful flowers. Really yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta back up David one hundred percent on this. I've watched, I haven't watched the whole Nozaki Kun anime, but I've watched uh, segments here and here, there, and 
in my mind, Nozaki-kun is hilarious. And when I was reading the same segments that I had watched, the jokes just didn't land the same way. I feel like the jokes are all in this volume, but it took the anime to fix sort of the timing. The voice acting is really good in the anime, even like in the Japanese. And I think I've I might have seen some English. The pacing and they add, they flesh out some of the jokes because it's a four panel. It's a, it's a Yonkoma. It's like a four panel like joke comic. So it's like the Japanese version of like a newspaper strip basically. And uh, I think this is our first official Yonkoma, although there have been some like Yon Uh, bonus. What the fun? Yeah. Oh yeah. But that's even, that was a, that was, that was an, that was actually an original graphic novel that didn't run in serialization at all. All of those chapters he said, yeah, I went back and read about what the font apparently that didn't run in a magazine at all. It actually was published by a magazine publisher as an original graphic novel. And so it's like very like that book just gets weirder the more I find out about it and the more yeah. people that read it and find the little thing anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is our like I think this ran as a young call in a magazine. I'm not exactly an anime guy either. And I think this is one where there is a lot to recommend. There's a lot I liked in this a lot. And mm-hmm. but I think the anime did a better version of it. That's weird to say, actually, because I'm I want to be pro manga. Like I want to be like go out and support the industry and whatever. But like, I don't know. I was to the point, I was so unsure of this take, which I am now sharing with you, that I'm like, maybe you gotta go buy a couple more volumes. Because I only read the first one and uh, I didn't have time. Sorry. No, it it makes sense. And I I didn't realize it because like, you know, when you have only those four little narrow boxes that are the same size to tell the story it's a very limited window right Mm -hmm. to express a lot so when you get the anime the anime shows you a lot more right Mm. that atmosphere and the timing and well that feels more like a story like 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 i you know you you mentioned earlier just like the there's a kind of the will they won't they kind of thing i'm like that is out the window for me. <laughs> like like that, that stops almost immediately because it's, it's, it's all about introducing the new characters and the new gags and the new situations. Like I have no emotional through line here to see any of these characters succeed over anyone or get together mm-hmm. with anyone. Like none of mm-hmm. that resonates with me at all in this, but the gags, they all hit for me. Like I thought this nice. was fantastic. But maybe it's because I did don't have the anime in my head, so I don't have the expectation of something more. Yeah, like like as as, as a as a fun, just ludicrous. We said earlier, just ludicrous setups. There, there's something to to laugh at, like on almost every page of this. Like yeah. I, either either in the drawing or the the uh, one thing I've grown to appreciate in the kind of the comedy stuff we've been reading that I'm absolutely going to incorporate into my work is the 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 tiny dialogue. The weird little oh, tiny dialogue yeah. bits that kind of pop up here and there. We call those asides in the business. Uh-huh. Is that is that it? Okay, because yeah. like I love them. They're so funny. There's mm-hmm. almost, especially in this one, I notice that they're they're really used for excellent comedic value, and there are so so many wonderful visual gags in this too. That uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we haven't we have an editor here, the handsome <laughs> editor. You must have really you know, glommed onto as a handsome editor yourself. I think so. It's true that I'd also try to like shove my pets and favorite animals into my friend's books. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All the stuff with the editors was pretty amazing. Uh, And the way that Nozaki hates his previous editor was mm -hmm. really charming. 
Yeah, yeah he I gets up that, and like, he has to hold him back to keep him from jumping. <laughs> <him>. <laughs> I like when he, he, he's like, out of nowhere, here's the amusement park reference pictures you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> All photos of him just blocking everything out. Yeah, I liked him, but I think my favorite was, um, uh, I got to find her name real fast. Uh, the redheaded girl who's just really obnoxious at all times and very oblivious. Yes. Yeah, that was the rolled. best introduction. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Her introduction. I think I actually like screen capped it because I loved it so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's like, could you stop? Could you stop making that face? Oh shit! I got stuck with a super cute girl. Uh, I'm so nervous. I can hardly talk. I'm such an idiot. It's written all over your face. <laughs> it's so like good. perfect character. Love that perfect type. character, perfect drawing. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the the flirty, the flirty, tall, short haired mm. girl. Oh, the prince. The prince. Yeah, yeah. yeah the prince. <laughs> like this is such a fun, funny character idea. Like I don't think I've ever seen that in in comics before. It's an evolution of was it Princess Knight that had characters like that in the sixties or seventies, Deb? I think it's Wasn't just like in, in general. There's there's uh, like Princess Knight, and then there's like uh, Rose of Versailles. Like there's this history of like uh, Revolutionary Girl Utena of princely mm-hmm. girls. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like gender gender ambiguous. Like like you went to Takarazuka, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, it's there's another that I like a lot. It's a manga called Witchcraft Works, and it's sort of mm. about a city of. Secret Witch Society. Like, we'll just go with that. Sure. But the gimmick is that the male character is the uh, damsel in distress and the very tall girl witch that he's best friends with, who is like stalking him to the point where she, I'm sorry, in love with him to the point where she's stalking him, is the prince of the story. So she's always like carrying him around and things like that. (laughs) And it's such a good joke. And it's good here too because it kind of plays against type. Like, you expect like the girls in a shoujo manga to be very like, demure and like romantically obsessed and kashima is just like a lunatic who doesn't know anyone's name and it's just getting by on good looks (laughs) yeah yeah like there's there's the the line about her where they're like you know and with that kashima kun was dragged away even in that situation she went right back to flirting she might just be an idiot (laughs) she might just be an idiot like (laughs) such a great takedown of that character and like one one line. Is it wasn't a point where she says something like that, where like she says something really tacky or really mm-hmm. um, yeah. like like uh, really inappropriate, and then they think, "Oh, well, she must be. You must be an idiot." He goes, "No, yeah. I'm actually top of my class." <laughs> <laughs> the drawing on page seventy six is like facing the issue six title page. Mm-hmm. It was one of the funniest jokes in the book for me, of Kashima and. The, the blonde guy vomiting after spinning around too much. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Spun around too 76. much. Spun around too much. Or, sorry, 74. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, the captions have spun around too much and was spun around too much. Uh, There's so just something funny. to that kind of comedy. I don't know. It's yeah. understated, but it's great at the same time. And, and even when you when you go to the next page, which is like the title page for issue six, like that's such a funny drawing. Really yeah, funny. it's a stage with a character with a pumpkin on its head and its foot in the face. It that that was like the most uh, way of the house husband mm. drawing. Because mm. I can totally see that. 
That's a good touch point because this is similarly slapstick, mm-hmm. I guess is the best word for it. Yeah. Mm. Like it commits to the bit even at the risk of life and limb. <laughs> yeah. Deb, what did what did you think? Uh, I, yeah. I, I kind of went back to uh, read watching the anime again after mm-hmm. um, reading the manga. And then I totally agree with what you're saying. The anime nice. is really much more satisfying. <laughs> and... Um, just makes it kind of, well. I think this is something we've touched on before, right? Where, like, some manga, like um, uh, Attack on Titan, for example, is so much more interesting as an anime than as a manga, or mm-hmm. easier to follow and more dynamic. When I read One Piece and when I watch One Piece, it's a, it's the same plot, but it just has more room to breathe because yeah, uh, Oda packs a lot of info into all his comics. This one. So I went back and I thought, I vaguely remember it and thought, oh, maybe she gave up the four panel format and went to like full pages later on. Mm-hmm. And then I read the latest volume, I think, uh, or the latest volume I have is like volume 12. And it's mm-hmm. like, nope, it's four panel all the way. Mm. Does that ever happen? Does, uh, like, does, I've does seen it, that happen. Yeah. I feel like somebody abandons that. Couldn't, I couldn't point to it. Yeah. Actually, Wotakoi has four panel sections, but it sort of mm. fades into narrative that they added for the graphic novel edition sometimes. Like they'll add pages to uh, the to the book to flesh it out. But Wotakoi was digital, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't was that a webcomic? That's yeah. why. Yeah. And then they fleshed it out in the graphic novels, which is, we keep talking about Wotakoi. We should probably just cover Wotakoi at 1.2. It's but... on the list. Uh, though I will say <laughs> the that list. the Wotakoi anime, no good. It murders the comedic timing in a way that really? the Nozaki-kun anime doesn't. So I think it's very much like an execution thing here. Mm-hmm. I watched the anime. I actually like the romance. We're getting way off track. I liked the romantic <laughs> subplots. I thought that they were handled better in the anime than in the manga. But you're right. The anim- the comedy in the anime doesn't... It's the same thing. Like It's the inverse of this, where it's like the comedy in the anime doesn't land the same way. And it's less sweet, I think, the anime. But mm-hmm. the romance parts of it seem to like i guess you know music and voice acting and whatever whatever seemed to like hit better for me so i think that's sorry again very off track we'll talk more okay about well uh, uh, let me let me just say that because you all keep saying that the anime is better <laughs> i'm actually going to watch the anime of this okay. are you really yeah I'll, are we gonna pause gonna... right now so you can watch 20 minutes of anime and come back and be like <laughs> you're all full of shit no i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna tell my wife honey Tonight, we're not watching some period drama or whatever nope. she wants to watch. No, Bridgerton. We're watching Muzzly Girls, Nozaki-kun. It's on Netflix, so. Yeah, no, I, I just pulled oh, it up nice. on my computer just to, like, to make sure. And there it is. And she has red hair, so I know that now. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Um, books like this that get adapted into anime and vice versa. Like, it's such a... The conversation is different with American comics and adaptations. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I've never seen, like... Craven's Last Hunt, the movie, you know, which is a shame. <laughs> but for manga, all the time, you'll always have an almost like not quite one to one, but like 80%, 85% faithful adaptation with a lot of wiggle yeah. room. And I know it's good. Like, I like having both options, you know? Yeah. Not to get too off track again, mm-hmm. but, you know, you say, you know, Craven's Last Hunt, you don't see that as like an animated movie or whatever. But DC does a lot of that. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot of that. <laughs> and they're, and they're, they're never as good as the comics. I heard they did Dark Knight Returns, but it didn't look like Frank Miller, which just seems 
wild. Oh. Yeah, all of that. It was like a, a two-parter, too. It was like four hours worth. And just like <laughs> the timing is off on everything. I'm sorry to anyone who worked on that. But like yeah. the, the stuff I've seen of it, it's just like, what? Like, and was it like wrong. Sin City, like a shot for shot? Yeah, that like, was rare. And uh, the second time they did it, I was like, ooh, maybe maybe once was enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, like, I mean, you, you can look at it. It's funny. We were talking before we, we got onto the uh, the podcast about, made a joke about Zack Snyder's Watchmen. Mm. And that is, like, line for line, like, lifted from the graphic novel. And it's not good. Like, like you have to, you have to, you have to know what to cut, what to change for the medium. And mm-hmm. that's when it all falls apart. So I'll be interested. I'm going to watch this just to see for myself what the difference is. And especially going opposite what you, you all seem to have gone from, yeah. <laughs> or at least David, <laughs> by going to manga to the anime to see how it, how it plays out. We should do an update like five minutes next episode on how you feel. Yeah. Uh, cause I think yeah, especially sure. with four panel yeah. comics, like there's such, it's like this nine panel grid of manga as near as I can tell, but there's like a definite drumbeat. And yeah. I think it makes reading books like this tough. Like I couldn't read five volumes of this in one sitting the way I could yeah. like yeah. one piece because it's too mm-hmm. dense. It's too staccato. And I would start mm-hmm. losing jokes. Like there's no time to let like <laughs> the part where, um, uh, sales in the basketball game and they just use her as confidence practice. Instead of like an actual <laughs> scrimmage, like yeah. you need time to it again. Don't let them get in your head. That's uh, yeah. sorry. I I, I want to say I did. I think I liked it more than maybe my, what I said at the beginning. Let on. In particular, I think I think on the first episode I mentioned a Japanese video game series called Tokimeki Memorial, which was like kind of the first Japanese and the most successful Japanese dating sim back in the day. Mm-hmm. Other things had different elements and stuff like that. Is that the so one the whole that spun off into Fate? Uh, no, never mind. That's probably a bigger conversation. Yeah, sorry. I'm sure the title will come up at some point. We'll all have to fucking deal with it. But uh, no. So this the chapter in here where it's like, oh, you should learn. You should play a dating sim game to learn maybe how girls are at all because you're so oblivious. And he plays the dating sim game, and he comes to the realization that the only character that's actually right for the lead is the best friend who helps him through all of the uh, <laughs> through all of the like trials and tribulations in the anime that joke is so good because it's they, they they add more jokes they add more references the timing works so better so much better so when i got to it in this i was kind of like oh i'm i was let down a little bit by the way that it told the same idea and expressed the same idea and it was the first because I was laughing out loud reading this, and Andrew's like, "What are you reading?" And I'm like, "This." He's like, "I read it. It's only okay." And I'm like, "No, you're a fool. <laughs> <laughs> you're a humorless yeah. husband." <laughs> I read that, and I was like, "Oh, they just ah, oh, that's kind of." And then you keep reading, and you see more scenes and more stuff, and you're like, "All right," uh, uh, and it's it's totally good. And what I normally wanted of manga is for the manga to be like the best manga version of the story, and the anime adaptation to drop all the stuff that doesn't work in manga and use all the stuff that works in animation and be the best animation version of the story and the good manga and the good anime like ranma manga and anime are and this is way back in the well i feel like there's a lot of people who are going to listen to this who weren't even born when rama came out but ranma manga and anime each one of them is the best version of itself and it's like so good the timing is different but it works better for the the medium that it's in that's what i wanted adaptations that's what i wanted my comics and anime and i just feel like yeah this is totally a, a solid uh, manga, I laughed out loud a bunch, but uh, I wanted the uh, 
there's a better version of the same jokes and it's such a weird <laughs> such a weird thing to say right so uh, and i i can't wait for chip to see it and just fucking hate it just just hate it it's it is best. easier to do to tell good jokes once they've already been workshopped though and kind of uh, know that's, what came that's before huge, yeah, yeah. Because one thing that I was actually having a little bit of trouble with this is um, I don't know as many shoujo manga tropes as they're probably parroting. I was like, wondering. I know, uh, <laughs> yeah. Boys Over Flowers is kind of my main, like that's my favorite shoujo if I had to pick one, but it's also the one I've read the most of, mm. both versions. So there were things that I got in here, and then there were other things where I'm like, Man, this is probably a reference, but I just have to roll with it. <laughs> yeah. Like what the Tanuki thing. Your head? Uh, the Tanuki thing, having the mascot in every chapter, oh, man, that's like real, that though. must be a reference to something because it's too weird and too specific otherwise. Yeah. Chris, do you know a story that. behind that? No, I know that there's a lot of shoujo manga that have weird, like it's, it's, it's the Disney problem, right? It's like they're, you know, the dragon in Mulan or whatever, whatever. Like, yeah, there's always like a talking animal, cute sidekick that you can merch out and stuff like that. Even, even oh, Dylan. That's like, Facebook of friends, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly like Natsumi's Book of Friends. But Evangelion had a cute animal sidekick that they could merge the hell out of with Pen Pen. Yeah, Penguin that lived in the refrigerator underneath Mr. Masato's beer. And you're just like, that's really funny. And then as soon as shit gets real, the penguin disappears. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is really good. <laughs> Such a good part of Eva. So yeah, there's there's lots of stuff like that in there. I, um, I've been holding off mentioning it, but like, this is not only... This is a manga about manga, and we actually have not 100% there's a lot of manga about manga. Uh, mm-hmm. and this is maybe the first one that we're covering. Bakuman is the one that's already been suggested to us. And it's one of those, it's 19 volumes, I think. It's too much to get into. And it's it's got some problems. So it's not something I'm like eager to dip into either. But yeah, I think, I think manga about manga is really interesting if you've read a lot of manga. And it's weird that this is technically our first official shoujo manga because Paradise Kiss is kind of on a, is like <laughs> didn't run in a shoujo magazine, it ran in a fashion magazine. So it's weird that we've read a parody manga of shoujo in the shoujo style before we've read a shoujo manga. Couldn't help but think yeah, about that yeah. the whole time I was reading it as well. It's it's kind of a shoujo manga, but kind of not. Like her mm. other her other manga series, the, the weird ones I told you like about the massage therapist and about the delinquent girl. We're in actual shoujo manga magazines that girls bought, mm. um, like you know, like Hanatoyuma or whatever. Whereas this was serialized online on Gongan. Oh, it was, but it was online Gongan. Yeah, or? Oh. Gongan oh. online. So technically, it's not in a shoujo manga magazine, but so it's aimed at people who are uh, who are okay with them making fun of shoujo manga. Let's put it that way. Got yeah. it. All right, quick pause, David. What do you say? Oh, I was going to ask if we just covered something with Gongon, but I was—I realized that they have like oh, fifty series. You looked so serious, and you were like, "Did we just do something?" I thought there was something wrong with the, the feed or something. Oh yeah, no. we had like—that's my googling face. Oh, googling <laughs> face. I was like, "Is it crashing on your end?" Shit, I don't know what happened. Um, okay, uh, shit. Yeah, um, we did just do a square. Uh, probably Full Metal, maybe. Yeah, Full Metal is ran in okay. monthly. Gotcha. Uh, it was a weekly. Was one of the weekly uh, square books. Oh, I was just, just going to ask. So this um, this ran digitally, and then mm. was it printed in Japan after? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't serialized in a print magazine like you know those phone books down. Yeah, magazines, yeah. But it was serialized on an online magazine, mm-hmm. which also you know lends itself well to the, this four panel um, vertical thing because you can yeah. scroll. Yeah. Yeah. When they, this is hopefully going to be a short sidebar, but when they translate uh, American 
newspaper cartoons to Japanese? Do they make them vertical or leave them horizontal? Do you know? Like, is there Garfield Yonkoma? I think they leave it. Okay. I think they leave it. (laughs) I'm trying to think of any of the strip collections I've seen. They're not popular. Like, it doesn't happen very often. They'll do a little bit of reformatting, but not a whole Mm -hmm. lot. Okay. Um, Because the the panel size is already regular in American strip comics. Mm. Ah, true. Okay. Which is like in the Yonkoma, it's like it's the same size for all four panels. Garfield's mm-hmm. the same size. I believe it actually is because of that reason, because they want it to be as like adaptable as possible. Oh yeah, sometimes God. Garfield yeah. runs in a square, yeah. so you enter, you insert a square that just has the strip title in it, and then you do mm-hmm. one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay. when, when I once talked to Jim Davis, Garfield did not strike it big in Japan, not as much as uh, the Peanuts characters did. Uh, <laughs> according, to, according to Jim Davis, is because the uh, Japanese culture did not appreciate how Garfield treated his owner, John. <laughs> I think that's something his ja- some someone in Japan told him to make him feel better. Maybe, maybe <laughs> <laughs> he had he had a bunch of he had a bunch of weird reasons like that. It was like there's that and like you know how, like Garfield hitting Mondays. He's like that didn't work well, and how lazy yeah. Garfield was that didn't work well. I'm like mm, okay, whatever you say, Jim Davis. <laughs> sir sir yeah. but he had such a rivalry with charles schultz and peanuts and i think peanuts did better than garfield in oh, Japan. It's huge over yeah. there and uh yeah, and I think you, that... you've gone to the peanut store right david yeah i've gone oh, to yeah. multiple peanut stores it's horrible <laughs> <laughs> but with uh nozaki kun one thing i do want to shout out is the translation and lettering i thought were really on point hmm. translation yeah. by leanne harvey lettering by uh lise blakesley like the shouting balloons, they all looked pretty good. And they kind of, it isn't just like shouting font. There's like some actual design to some of these. Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks really good. And even the jokes that were kind of banking on shoujo tropes or like Japanese high school tropes. Like I never hit the speed bump where I was like, Ooh, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. It's funny. At, at, at some point reading this, like I found it like really funny, but I absolutely started to lose track of who was who. Mm. Yeah. When, when it's like more characters kind of kept dropping in and they're all kind of like attractive with slight variations. I was just like, what? 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. And the names, like, yeah. I mean, partly it's just my old brain. I find it hard keeping tr- keeping track of names that aren't like <laughs> David and Steve, yeah. Chris and Deb, you know? I'm like, what? What? And he's a, he's a sensei and he's Khan? Like, what? what's going on here? And like, yeah, I did, I did lose track a lot. Uh, towards the, yeah. the back half of this, it is. It's there's that one scene where he, where Nozaki Kun tries to draw someone other than Suzuki, like a a, a rival and a friend. Yeah, and then he draws them all mm-hmm. looking like Suzuki because that's the <laughs> that's the type of person he likes to draw. Yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> so, so I think there's some self awareness here. About yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> I wanted to say, in your defense, though. There are four virtual characters in this that are introduced within Nozaki-kun's manga. And mm-hmm. there are yes. nine to 11 characters introduced in the, that, that, that are part of the Nozaki-kun universe. This is yeah. only 145 pages. And there yeah. are, like, I think 15 named characters introduced in the first volume. Like, this has Ranma syndrome all over it, where every time she <laughs> oh, runs the story, she introduces a new character. Sorry, like, can you imagine if the entire, like, we, in the first volume of Rama, you get Ryoga and Kuno 
and then like the the tendos and that's kind of it imagine if you got like shampoo and like all of the other characters that they can get introduced in online in the first volume and you've got 15 named characters that you've got to keep track some of them are real and some of them are not real <laughs> yeah because uh, yeah. they're in the manga that's not a hundred percent on you that's probably the biggest storytelling flaw in this manga is it's true and it, the fact that it is all black and white and i don't have the anime version mm-hmm. in my head so i don't even have hair colors happening mm-hmm. for any of these characters the hair colors help a lot in the anime i'll say that yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. otherwise you have to look for very subtle differences in their eyes like the, mm-hmm. the like the short character who is the president of the drama club has slightly mm-hmm. more angry looking eyes yeah. <laughs> there was one drawing of him that was really good from profile that struck me I'm trying to, oh, uh, page 143. And it's clearly one of those drawings where like the artist was like, oh, this is going to be the handsome shot. And it's like him with his hand on his, or his chin on his hand, looking at, off into the distance. Mm-hmm. But he's thinking something dumb, so it makes a good joke out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta see this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I see it, yeah. <laughs> That's great. If you go to page 145 and you look, it's like, We've got two lead named characters having a conversation with two other new characters that aren't given names or introduced. Like it's just, yeah, yeah. it's just a lot. Uh, that Greek was probably chorus. the biggest weakness. Biggest weakness of the series of this volume, I think, is the fact that like there seems like there's so many more stories and like jokes you could have made just with like the first five characters that you introduced particularly Mm -hmm. if you're going to have this other world where sometimes you're in the manga seeing you know the things that are happening there yeah like they could have just run with like they could have done five ten more pages of ken gags about his like super taciturn editor and i would have been there for that like that was really (laughs) good (laughs) yeah a a lot of it's just the creator just like always wanting to go to the new thing yeah Mm -hmm. when i was drawing sex criminals for image, the writer Matt just had this thing where he's so good at coming up with characters. He would come up with a new character every issue and give you this heartwarming backstory. And I'm like, that's great. But by like issue 20, I'm like, it's like the X-Men. It's like the sexual <laughs> X-Men where it's hard to keep track of everyone. And we're not going to wrap up all their storylines at any time soon. So stop introducing new characters, please. <laughs> yeah. Matt would love World Trigger. Oh, really? World Trigger? Uh, There's this shonen manga called World Trigger, which is sort of Ender's Game, but other dimensions instead of aliens. Mm. Okay. Like teens fighting monsters. Really cool, really great drawings. But there's like 500 characters in that book. And I love it. But they do these giant tournaments, like 16 teams of three against each other for like two years. And by the end of it, you're like, wait, who is the main character of this book again? Like, how do I get back to this? (laughs) Oh. But all the characters are new, like they have different gimmicks. Some one like walks around with like a cat on her head, so she's obviously the fan favorite. Yeah. So I see why people get caught up in doing that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Chris, you were gonna say something? That was my problem with trying to get into Haikyuu. The one time I tried to get into Haikyuu is that it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's teams of volleyball players, and then they fight different teams, and there's different named characters on every team. Oof. So like I think that's one where you can't just skim it and see if you like it while you're reading the rest mm-hmm. of the stuff in Shonen Jump you maybe got to like make a decision to read it and I'm you know I, I actually uh, the thing that I was most thinking is I'm trying to think of a Yonkoma comic that I really like it's like my favorite mm-hmm. in the way that like some people love Azumanga Daio to death you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I don't 
100% know that I've got one. I kind of tend to like, I like single page gag comics. I think probably in that category, like Shortcuts is my favorite. Uh, we talked a little yeah. bit about it over the last couple episodes by uh, by Furuya, but I don't have a favorite like strict Yonkama maybe. And I was going to maybe ask Deb, David, what are, your, what are yours? Uh, Deb, do you want to go first? I will say that Yonkama is not my favorite f- format. Mm. Like I find it very limiting, mm. storytelling wise. Um, I gotta say that off the top of my head, I think this is it. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, because I don't. Because I, I can't really <laughs> think of too many other Yon Coma that I really like and keep going back to, despite you know my my minor discomfort with the format. Mm-hmm. You know, this works because it's a gag. Whereas I think I've seen some Yon Coma where it's just not funny. It's just kind of like it kind of just kind of has this da 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 da, and then there's a the last the last panel is a character like, huh? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> that does nothing for me, you know? <laughs> and it's just kind of the same rhythm or same rhythm of joke with the same payoff. And it's like, oh, I'm a little bored with this. And, mm-hmm. you know, but I think with, with Nozaki-kun, I think at least the characters uh, and, the and you know, as you, you figure out their chemistry and how they bounce off each other, it, it's fun. There is a point where there's too much. Like mm-hmm. I haven't read all of the volumes because as I think David had mentioned earlier, this is not necessarily a, a st- like character development on this arc. Like no. there's not <laughs> yeah. like this moment yeah. where like Sakura levels up and they, she and Nozaki's couldn't start dating and like he clues in. It's no, Seinfeld. They, they kind of always <laughs> yeah. just kind of stay at the same level of stupidness. <laughs> They're so dumb. I love, it. I love that part about that. I mean, they're still lovable, of course, you know. And yeah. there's yeah, there's nice things about it, but yeah, I mean, four four panels, and I'm not, I'm not a big connoisseur of it. I mean, David, what do you think? I like a lot, but I think the best for me is probably Spoof on Titan, which was a two part oh. Attack on Titan four panel comic. Wait, and they called it Spoof on Titan. Yeah, it's straight up spoof on Titan. Oh, that's I forget what the Japanese title is. But it's drawn by this artist, Honori, H-O-U-N-O-R-I, who mostly draws like really cartoony porn, so it's a weird choice. But as a parody, like it's on point. Like it makes fun of the decision making, like the characters. It's like reading an old issue of What the from Marvel or like okay, Assistant yeah. Editors Month or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But it still has that same problem of like the four panel like yeah. drum beat makes it tough to just read a bunch in one sitting. Well, it's like at the end of Full Metal Alchemist, right? I mean, the Full Metal Alchemist mm-hmm. where they had those four panels. That's what I was thinking of as the four coma we read because there was they were in the back of Full Metal Alchemist. Well, not of Chip's version, but of my version. They were in the back <laughs> of it. So, Yeah. I think it's best served as a format in the back of another book. Sort of like mm-hmm. this is the funny section, more so than being something that I pick up on my own to read. Because like, I love yeah. funny manga, but I like like the character development plus the comedy. And it's yeah. tough to do that, maybe even like sort of against the point to do that with a lot of four coma. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. Like in the back of Chihaya Furu, the book, the manga about Karuta, it's a pretty mm-hmm. reasonably serious uh, drama manga. But at the four, at the end, there's like this four, these four panel comics that are just kind of give you glimpses into other sides of the characters that are really funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was always fun when you would get like a little short with like Spider-Man doing something goofy or something like that. Yeah. Was it Chris Eliopoulos that used to draw those? On the yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, for a while. Yeah, those were yeah. great. Yeah. 
Like I like when it has like that kind of tone where it's familiar, but like just a little bit twisted or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've been, they've been doing new versions of those kind of gags at Marvel. Mm-hmm. Zeb Wells has been writing some. Yeah. Like about the heroes, like staying at home or whatever during the <laughs> pandemic. They're quite funny. Oh, I want to bring up one more thing that uh, we haven't yeah. touched upon before. Maybe we did it for Miller Alchemist, but um, there's a, there's an aspect of manga where ma- a lot of manga artists are very private and they mm. don't like being photographed. And in some cases with shonen manga or shoujo manga, they are ambiguous about their names or they take mm. pen names that suggest that they are male or female when they're not. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, is that just a Japanese only thing? I don't know. Chip Zdarsky is taking on a pen name, <laughs> a Japanese only situation. <laughs> It's true because I'm very private. <laughs> I, I don't think, I mean, my reasons for taking the uh, the pseudonym were just because I was getting in trouble from my newspaper editors for doing my illustrations at another newspaper. So I came up with, a, <laughs> I came up with like legitimately, that's the reason. <laughs> and then I found it quite freeing. So mm. there, there, there is that, the ability to just kind of be a mystery and to be somebody different on the page, especially in the, the sections where you converse with the reader. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't really think there's not a lot of North American comic crew that would do that for those reasons. Yeah, like there, those there, reasons. there are definitely a lot of pseudonyms, but like yeah. um, they, they don't feel like the same reasons like, like you mentioned for, for some manga artists. Yeah, it doesn't feel like privacy so much as this is yeah. a cool name I've been using for a long time. You know? <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, like Frank Quitely, like yeah. you know, <laughs> just like a it's like a fun thing he came up with one day and just stuck with it. Yeah, Devil's Candy Light is by Rem, and that's a kind of a, a pen name. Mm. I feel like a lot of the, uh, more people come up with an anime manga tradition like using, you know, pen names or things like that. The, the yeah. part, there's a later chapter in Nozaki-kun where he wants to do an autograph session and he realizes he can't. <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was in the anime too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so at one point he thinks, oh, let's put Sakura in a big coat and then have my arms through her coat and then just her head to the top. <laughs> and then he tries to draw <laughs> with his hands while her head's above and he can't see. And it, they look at it and go, this won't work at all. It's great, no. gag. <laughs> great gag. This is a good fantastic. Gag. I, I've, in you know, recent years, I've, I've highly recommended almost anyone getting into comics come up with a pseudonym before getting into the industry for a variety of reasons. Uh, but the main one just being the level of harassment that you get online at yeah. every level. Like it, 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 there's something mentally to being able to create that barrier, even if you can easily find out my real name, like most people won't. And it, it does, it does kind of help you compartmentalize like, Oh, like everyone hates Chip Zdarsky. <laughs> right. <laughs> like They don't hate me. They hate that guy, Chip Zdarsky. I feel like agreeing with this would be some kind of trap that you're pulling on me right now. (laughs) (laughs) But no, you can take it off at the end of the day, which I think is important, especially in a work-life balance sort of sense. Like I don't think that like Jim Zub is Zub in his head, you know, he's probably Zubkovich. And that Uh, lets him get a little distance. He's probably Zub in his head. 
He's, he's pretty zapping in his head these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, bad, bad example of that one. <laughs> I can't win them all. Yeah, every time he comes home, he's like, "Honey, Zub's home," and it's just a weird thing. I've worked with a lot of creators in uh, North America and Japan, and you know, even in Europe. And I'm always a little surprised at how many people like if you've got to book someone's plane ticket, you're not getting on the plane with you know, your pen name. It's not going to happen. Mobius. Although we actually yeah. did <laughs> have someone push that through uh, one time because it was like they could prove. Anyway, it was the whole thing. Oh wow! Needless to say, I think, I think Chip's right, man. If you're a young creator who's thinking about putting work online, definitely try and keep it under a separate name, even like a, like a handle. Like when I started on the internet, no one used their real name. And then we already yeah. all of a sudden moved to this thing where everyone uses their real name or something that looks like their real name. And it's like, I think privacy is is a huge thing and being able to take that hat off at the end of the day is a huge thing. So, yeah, I would say it it is more common than maybe we think it is, but I think it should be even more common than that. Yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, protect Too late yourself, for me. kids. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will say, I mean, obviously we're going off track here. The one time mm-hmm. I ran into a conflict with it was New York Comic Con because I, 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 I walked in with all my stuff and they're like, okay, so Chips and Darcy, do you have any ID? I'm like, well, no, it's a pen name. They're like, well, we can't leave in without ID. I'm like, what the hell? But luckily, I'm stupid enough that my banners just have a drawing of my face on them. So I, just had to, I had to unfurl my banner with my stupid caricature of myself. I'm like, look, see? They're like, okay, you're allowed to. Amazing. Yeah. That's an amazing yeah. story. I do all my stuff online in my own name, probably since my first year of college, uh, intentionally. But I also agree, like, a pen name is a great idea. Like, have something yeah. that you can own. Like, there's still, just because yeah. you're anonymous to other people, you're not an- anonymous to yourself. So there's still accountability there if Shmavis Schmothers, like, screws up super bad and gets canceled. I would still feel that a little bit. Yeah. But hopefully not. I will say that having, using my real name and for a number of different things I do creates, I guess, some kind of confusion. It's mm-hmm. like when I do my professional work, like in user experience design, and then people say, oh, yeah, Deb did a great talk on UX. I'm going to follow her on Twitter. And then they follow <laughs> my Twitter, and what a fucking mistake, right? <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, this week, Nick Fine Island just came out. <laughs> <laughs> And then Deb talks about Dick Fight Island during yeah. work hours, right? So it's like, yeah. ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I just kind of can't help myself. But it's too late now. Um, yeah. Oh, we didn't check in about the color pages. Oh. There's like a color pinup and then like a half title on the TLC. How does this work? Does this pass the chip to Darcy color test? All right, just a second. I'm pulling it up again just to refresh myself. All right, cover. Cover is solid. Okay. That's, that's, it's, it's, it's good. It's standard kind of computer coloring. And title page is, you know, a little overdone, maybe. Mm-hmm. But it is, it's quite lovely. Quite I think lovely. the green is really nice. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, 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 it's nice. <laughs> Wait, are you referring to the green background version or the table of contents page with the, like, super rendered color? The, right now I'm talking about the table of contents page. Oh, I love mm-hmm. that one. You think yeah, it's too it's, much? I, I, it could be a little bit too much. You know, you've seen sex criminals, right? I don't have any gradients. <laughs> I believe occasionally they stop time and fuck, and there are some particle effects uh, on that on that bad boy. I think this is a delightful thing that I would look at this and go, oh, Chip would really like this, actually. I, I do. I do. I'm not saying I don't like it. <laughs> so if, if, I had one, if I had one critique, maybe it's just a little too much in places. 
Okay. Mm, fine. There's, I'm looking at the comics art that he's drawing, mm-hmm. and it looks like maybe she's saying pizza. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Deborah and Chris can check my math on that. <laughs> I don't have the digital. We're going to have to... I'm going to oh, have to wait, zoom I that in. Break upside, out yeah. the mag- magnifying glass. Let's uh, see. It says pizza. Yeah, it says pizza. Pizza. <laughs> so Perfect. a little less romantic than I thought. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm taking it back. It, it, it isn't too much. It's, it's, mm. You're right, Chris. You're right, Chris. No, being a little hard on it. It's quite you're, uh, you just didn't want me to put that, make that the clip on Instagram next time. Just you shitting on another <laughs> thing. You. you know what I think it is? I think it's uh, cool. when, you go to the, when you go to Family Mart and there's that hot case of like buns. Mm. You can either get pork buns or you can get pizza buns. Oh, yeah. It's like a pizza mon. Uh, pizza I would like yeah. to try that. Oh, me too. Oh, it's, it's pretty good. Family Mart chicken was already fantastic. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, before we go down that route and we oh, make ourselves no, miserable no. again, <laughs> yeah, going to be another Oshimbo. Let's close <laughs> this off and let's maybe go around the table and see what were your yeah. last last impressions of weekly right. uh, monthly girls Nozaki Kun. Uh, let's start with Chris. I think I'm going to watch uh, the anime, which is on Netflix. And if I get to the end of it and I still want more, uh, I'm going to go back and read the rest of the manga. Maybe I'll start with volume two and then I'll just read the manga versions to see how they did it. But yeah, I laughed out loud and that's kind of what I want from a comedy manga. I want to be able to laugh out loud. So having gotten that, I am uh, pretty happy about that one. So yeah, I would totally recommend this one. And oh, we were supposed to, for superhero readers, I think if you like comics about comics, this is a good comic for you. I don't know. Like Watchmen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watchmen. Uh, no, that's a movie about a comic, I think. Um, if it was about comics about comics, I think maybe something like, oh, what's a good... I, I don't know. Yeah, I was, think, I was thinking about this this week, because uh, partly after reading this, I had an idea to make my next image book be a comic about comics, about like a family that makes comics and stuff. Hmm. Oh, that'd be fun. But then I was like, well, Howard Chaykin just did Hey Kids Comics which is mm. kind of about the history of North American comics. And I'm like, well, why can't there be two comics about comics? But that's just the way it works. In, There's at least 10 uh, in, in Japan, North American so. comics. <laughs> I know it's weird. It's like, you can do a superhero comic. No problem. No one cares that there's 800 of those. But as mm. soon as you do something that's like, Oh, comic about comics. Isn't it just like, Hey kids comics. Uh, I don't know. I want that hanging around me. Yeah. Fair. I don't know if you like, if you like comics and you want to learn about a different kind of comics, this is uh, this is the book for you. That's what I think. So, I mean, Chip, like, you know, this is a glimpse into another world of comic making with assistants and editors. and Yeah, doing it in high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was your thoughts on this? Um, I mean, I, I, I love this. I thought it was delightful, extremely funny, a little confusing. Beautiful table of contents color page. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, as, as far as, like, the comics making part went... You know, there there are a few kind of funny bits that I took away from it, like the the marking of the spot where you're supposed to like lay down the black ink. <laughs> yeah. That whole scene of like, <laughs> like the, un- the underwear, <laughs> the briefs. I thought that was quite funny because I, you know, I, I I'm I'm well aware of like inkers, you know, having to ink over the the giant X's that mm-hmm. are left on the pages. I don't really see this as a recipe for comics making, like because no. they're just they're just kind of poking fun at at comics and comics making. But I I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was really delightful. All right, David. I 
I feel like I sounded like I was harder on it than I meant to be by saying that another series was funnier and the anime was also funnier, but it's still really good. <laughs> uh, there's like a lot of, like Chip was saying, like Chris was saying, there's a lot of little bits in here that are really graceful or funny. And I like that it's a comic about making comics starring teens, which is something we that I don't think I've ever seen in a North American book outside of maybe Autobio. Mm. Because... I know it's there's something cool about kids making comics, I think. And this is a it doesn't get super deep into it, but I like that it's like a normal enough thing in Japan that this comic isn't special because it's about kids making comics. It's just that's the setting and sort of the uh the situational comedy. Yeah. So yeah, totally worth it. I'd recommend it. I don't know if it's cheating, but maybe DramaCon would be a good one because it's a North American oh, comic in a manga that's style true. that's mm. about young people making comics and yeah, I've got no just, superhero comparisons for this one. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing, yeah. nothing out there, but I did want to say, um, I remembered that my favorite young coma is pop team Epic, uh, which is just the absolute oh, best. Yeah. Oh shit. That I forgot about that a little one. too powerful for me. <laughs> Bought it. I did not finish it. I should get back to it. Now that you've said that. You, you, you got to explain what pop team Epic is. Chip, too I got powerful. It. It's, it's <laughs> too, in, it's an intense, funny do you know anti-humor like Eric Andre yeah oh yeah I'm a huge it's like that but super uh it's intense but really funny when it's really funny and then sometimes it's like oh my heart like I can't (laughs) yeah yeah the the best explanation is the anime is the episodes are split in half so the first half there's one voice set of voice actors same animation second half another set of voice actors with different delivery and it's a mess. Sounds <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah, it is, it is art comics that is also like deeply funny and like it's kind of mean, but in a good way too. But doesn't stay anywhere long enough to be too mean. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Pop team epic. That's my favorite. Yay. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> All and right. Deb, fine. what are your final thoughts? Did you yeah. uh, were you happy to reread it? Did you enjoy your time spent back in Nozaki Kun's world? I did. I, I'm glad that I because I had because I think for the factors that everyone has mentioned, it's like it's something you can enjoy a little bit of a time, but you don't binge read it. So mm-hmm. I I have not read all the volumes. I've read maybe up to volume eight or so, but I went and grabbed volume twelve because I thought, did they ever make it full page? So then I started <laughs> reading it. It's like, oh, I could just pick it up and. You know, immediately pick, immediately get back into it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not my favoriteest, favoriteest manga of all time. But, you know, given that a manga about making manga that is funny and kind of is a love letter to shoujo manga in a way. Or mm. not really a love letter, but kind of like a, 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 a poke in the butt to shoujo manga. <laughs> a little bit. Poncho <laughs> <laughs> to shoujo manga. <laughs> you know, the part where it's like, oh, you know, like um, there was that scene where like, like, oh, how did you get make friends with this girl who's so different from you? And then Nozaki couldn't imagine, like, oh, it's because you guys were enemies. Yes. And then you did this, and you did this. And then Sakura thinks, no, it's just because we sat next to each other. <laughs> I think that was the best written joke in the book. Like, it wasn't the yeah, funniest really, but it was, like, the best, timing like, was complete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's lots to love here. I mean, I, I really wanted to introduce shoujo manga in some way because we haven't really done it. And this is technically not... But I hope this kind of sets the stage for other manga about manga and other shoujo manga someday, which mm. we will get into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do check it out. I think it's a fun read. You could opt to either watch the anime first or read the manga first. <laughs> it's entirely up to you. Oof. 
I'll, I'll, I'll report on that front. <laughs> and you'll have to tell exactly. us about the, uh, about the egg salad sandwich at some point too. So, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I, got, I got a lot of homework. <laughs> All right, that's it for this part of the Mugs Bay. We'll be back after this message. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, and we're back, hopefully from a lovely commercial that paid us some money. (laughs) (laughs) Let's all hope so. (laughs) Let's get to our reader mailbag. Let's see what we've got here today. From Yonatan via Twitter asks, Back in the pre-manga boom days, there was a bunch of series that got released in English and have fallen out of print. What would you love to see come back into print? Let's see. Chris stated which which Mm. one. You like Chris, do you want to jump on this grenade or should I? It's such a it's such a big question because so for those of you who don't know, the manga boom was in the mid two thousands and sort of it sort of started in the early two thousands with Tokyo Pop changing the trim size of manga to what we have now. So basically Tokyo Pop set the standard of what manga looks like now, the shonen jump size, that sort of thing. Untranslated sound effects, all that everything that we think about about manga right now is pretty much defined at that time, but it let them drop the price down so that suddenly manga was $9.99 a volume instead of being like $16.99 or $19.99 a volume for, for a standard size manga like when I was a boy. So they just started throwing stuff at the wall because for the most part it was sticking. So I'm actually really lucky that in the last couple of years my favorite manga that was out of print was Paradise Kiss and that came back into print for example and we covered it. We're, we're about, or sorry, at the time of recording we have covered it on on manga splaining and then number five was one that was released when they were trying everything uh, by tayo matsumoto that i think we talked about crashed and burned so bad they canceled it at volume two and never released the rest that's coming back now that's going to get a new edition in june with the first volume and i think the second volume in october november so that's really good so i'm getting really lucky but one of the books that hasn't come back into print and frankly is i can't see coming back into print Mm. is also one of my favorites of all time and it's the one that I immediately thought about when we talked to Chip about doing this podcast. And it's called Even a Monkey Can Draw Manga. Yes. <laughs> it's by Koji Aihara and Kentaro Takekuma. Can you say the name one more time? Even a Monkey Can Draw Manga. And it's not what the title was in Japanese, but it's the cover design and the like logo design and everything like that. It's designed to look like one of those uh, how to draw manga books that was so popular back in the like mid 2000s that like white cover how to draw manga situation so even a monkey can draw manga and it is a comedy series and it ran in pulp i think it was the comedy series in between shortcuts and heartbroken angels and every chapter is this explainer manga but it is a deeply mean weird hilarious explainer manga where an aspiring mangaka and his editor basically take a trip through the entirety of manga production and how to make a successful manga and it's like starts off with basic stuff like how do you draw borderlines and it talks about wanting to kill yourself if you move the 
ruler at the wrong spot and get one of the smudges on the thing. And it just keeps going and going. And the drawings themselves, oh, here we go, are actually hilarious. Like the way that he draws these characters, these expressions these characters have, the expressions the characters have are hilarious and disturbing. But it has the secret to manga. It explains how every genre really works. So for example, the shonen sports manga, heroic special training is all you need to win the game. And this is like, <laughs> these are very specific references to super huge. This is the star of the giants baseball reference, this like floating head in the sky uh, at the end of a thing. As the character moves on to the next town, the panty flashing, the, all of it, the shoujo manga one in particular is like, all right, literally all you need to know about shoujo manga is the lead character is late in the morning getting up and she has to be running out of the house saying she's late for work with a piece of toast sticking out of the side of her mouth and then you've got a shoujo manga that's all you need to know and it's like yeah i can think of like like every single shoujo manga around that time starting exactly the same way anyway it's hilarious and ridiculous and it's and there's a dirty. second volume it's- out too super super dirty yeah so the funniest thing about the funniest thing about this is they started translating they serialized the translation of the first volume in the magazine they started translating the second volume of the magazine and then they canceled the series because the orders on this came in so low that they actually included the one chapter from volume two that they had translated (laughs) in the back as a bonus because they knew there would never be a volume two it's like well we may as well include this one just give the kids some just give the kids a bonus yeah it 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 is so steeped there's a whole chapter on how to do good mahjong manga and the manga goes like i don't even know what do you mean I'll do fine? How can I draw Mahjong manga without knowing anything about it? And he's like, you don't have to know anything about Mahjong to draw Mahjong manga. You just need to have like key key scenes, like the stacking of the tiles, <laughs> the like playing against the really dis- disturbing like uh, older bad guy, like speed lines. You need speed lines. Boom, boom throwing the chip down. It's nice. uh, deeply cynical and it is the best and i uh, i love it so yeah if anyone wants to publish both volumes of this put it in one volume and make my day and sell like 150 copies total <laughs> i would be that sounds like delighted. game <laughs> yeah i kind of want to stick it in the mail and send it to chip just to give him like an immediate cultural like background <laughs> for all of the manga that we're ever going to read but okay chris you know what this is going to shock all of you i've read it you've read <laughs> yeah. you can draw manga <laughs> No, you fucking have. Yep. Yep. Ben Shannon, the guy who got me into manga, like, briefly in high school, that that, that first showed me, like, Rumiko Takahashi and, like, Derby Pair. Yeah. Yeah. When we shared a studio together, he he lent me a copy of that. And I didn't get most of it, but it was still super funny. (laughs) Yeah. So even Chip agrees it's funny, even though he didn't get what was going on. Now that you've read 20 manga or whatever we're at. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, I want to re- I want to reread it really bad. We should If I could uh, get even one more copy, I would pop it in the mail and send it to you, but uh, I don't think I can. I I wonder what it's going for on a books. <laughs> it's well, this is like... this is another book for our uh, manga explaining press. Yeah, uh, sponsors get in here. We need to make some more money so we can publish <laughs> books that aren't going to sell. <laughs> so anyway, that was my pick and I've I've gone on way too long. I'm so sorry. That's but, an ace uh, pick. Uh, I'm I'm yeah. a little jealous. <laughs> D- David, do you have yours ready? Yeah. So since Chris went so long, I'm going to add one to mine and say shortcuts that we talked about last week. Oh, Someone for my job, please reprint shortcuts. I'm begging you. <laughs> but no, my pick for <laughs> from the pre-boom, Leiji Matsumoto's Galaxy Express 3.9. Um, uh, we talked a bit about Shotaro Ishinomori on this uh, podcast about how he's sort of 
in a Jack Kirby sort of position in the manga industry. Yeah. In terms of adventure comics and things like that. And Matsumoto is kind of the same for sci-fi manga. Mm. There is the, what is it, the movie he did with Daft Punk? Captain yeah, Interstellar Harlock, 555. Which, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I think recently came out on Blu-ray or something like that. There was some kind of anniversary release. Nice. The, I think the Misfit Skull, the Dantic Skull, mm. is stolen from Captain Harlock. And Galaxy Express 3.9 is basically a comic about a train that travels through space. And it's almost like a space western. Like, they go to different planets. Like, they meet different people. There's all this stuff about, like, a man's romance and kind of, like, learning to become uh, the hero you need to be and destiny and blah, 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 blah. But the drawings are amazing. Like, the mood is super atmospheric. It's lyrical, I think, is a good word for it. Some Mm. people would say, like, maybe it doesn't quite hang together as a narrative, but I think it kind of works as like a mood as like a vibe and mm. there's f- i have five volumes uh which i love but i would love to see like a deluxe edition like the harlock books that was it seven seas has seven been seas. doing yeah. yeah yeah they did harlock they did Mats- uh space battleship space battleship yamato and queen emeraldas which are all kind of in a related setting at least emeraldas yeah, at least queen emeraldas was kodansha but uh Really, Captain Harlock and Battleship Yamato is uh, Seven Seas. I don't know just the story why. Yeah, it was funny because I feel like the the trade dress even matched across companies. That's kind of cool. But no, he's a fantastic creator, amazing artist. He would always like if you imagine like the quintessential like '60s computer with all the different buttons and flashing lights. Like that's what he draws, and it looks so good. Mm. Wow. So highly recommended. Well, I don't want to blow your mind, but. I've also read it. No, I haven't. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but also when I was getting into uh, anime, Galaxy Express 3.9 came on Sci-Fi Channel Saturday Anime sometimes. So I would see it yeah. there. Okay. And as a kid, I was like, wow, this is really boring. Who cares about trains? As an adult, I understand whimsy and like romance, romantic like adventure. So it's way better now. And Matsumoto Sensei is still alive. He's 83. And he's yeah. just like, he's born in 38. And he's still like putting stuff out every once in a while. I got to meet him in Japan a couple of years ago. There's a photo that I will insert in the show notes of us standing next to each other, which is pretty fun. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> uh, he, but yeah, people ask me, what did you do in Japan? I said, I met Leiji Matsumoto. And they're like, get fucked. Just, yeah. <laughs> like, like he's so popular. You can ride a ferry that was designed by him based on his comics work. Like in Tokyo, yeah. like to get to, is it to go to Odaiba? Yeah, it's like a sea, it's like a boat. Man. Yeah. It's, it's like a futuristic looking boat. Like imagine uh, if you could buy Matron's chair, like with the full on Jack Kirby <laughs> design or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, there's oh. so many gems from the pre-boom era. Like we could do an entire podcast on them, I'm sure. But Matsumoto is a good start. Let's do one more. What Deb, what's your what's your pick for out of print manga then that you want to see come back into print from before from the boom, from the pre-boom? Uh, I, it's kind of a weird and selfish one, but I I want to see Swan by Kyoko Ariyoshi come back. Oh, wow. I we, don't know that one. You guys oh. dug in real deep on your going all the way back to like the 70s, yeah. I mean, that one was by published by CMX. Mm. It is a ultra over-the-top, dramatic shoujo manga about a girl who wants to become a professional ballet dancer. But, mm. and, it, and it's, it's super, like, telenovela has nothing on the drama in this manga. <laughs> like, like, so much over-the-top uh, drama happens. But the way that this, this artist draws music and dra- dancing and motion is just beautiful, just exquisite. Mm. I've not seen anything like it. And, you know, like, this was the early days of the manga boom, right? Where basically they 
they just grabbed anything, right? They put it out there and go, hey, manga, it's manga. Kids will love it. <laughs> yeah. Swan was from the 70s or something like that. And it's an older shoujo manga. And it was very much an acquired taste type of thing mm-hmm. at that time. So I don't think it, it never finished its print run. There are, there are people out there who recognize the, the value of this, this book, you know, artistically, and they buy the out-of-print volume. So buying an out-of-print series is kind of tricky. But mm. of course, you know, even with ha- we're going to get Monk, we're going to get Lupin the Third, we're going to get Common Rider. I mean, we're and we got Rose of Versailles, a lot of titles that we thought we'd never get. But I don't think Swan is a long, 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 long shot. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> so, to say, we didn't. I know this was our, our first shojo. Maybe we'll make a point of getting into it a little bit more next week. But I think shojo gets the short shrift a lot of the time, despite being such an important genre of storytelling in Japan. Like, yeah, I think it's we're we're less likely to get classics of the shoujo genre than we are classics of shonen or even seinen, you know, kind of stuff. So it does make, you know, again, hammering this home makes it really important to support the shoujo, the classic shoujo that we get. So everyone go buy Rose of Versailles. It's uh, super <laughs> and, super important. And the Po uh, Clan manga. Oh, and the Po Clan and all of the out of print. Badly out of print fanographics, awesome Motohagio books that they published that you can't buy anymore. Yeah. Anyway, here, Chip, I'll throw a, uh, I'll throw a, a link to one, like just this beautiful panel from Swan. All right, I like beautiful Can't panels. Get over how beautiful, like that is beautiful. It is They're beautiful. amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've seen other ballet manga af- since, and nothing compares. Nothing mm. compares to that kind of dynamic, beautiful co- composition and the way it, you know, like manga about music is a tricky proposition, right? It's like what they say. It's like dancing about architecture. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of annoying because you don't get to ex- understand or feel it. And then mm-hmm. there's some music manga out there that are currently my favorites, like Blue Giant, which is about jazz, and those Snow White Notes, which is about shamisen music. And I'll admit that until the anime came along for Snow White Notes, it was hard for me to appreciate what what they were talking about, what the shamisen sounded like. Mm. So now I'm I'm reading the manga and watching the anime, and it's like, ah, oh, this all comes together for me now. Mm. Hmm. Cool. Well, that was a really good question of the week. I'm glad we all got to talk about stuff we really loved. I liked that. <laughs> let's let's do more of that. Stuff we Who liked. said I loved it, Chris? Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. All right. And then we have one <sighs> more thing that we need to do. One more piece of housekeeping. And that is we need to pick the next three books that we are going to be talking about. Yay. Yay. So. You're in for a treat, Chip. All right. Let's see who can convince you that that this next book we're going to be putting in front of you is going to be something you're going to be looking forward to and not cursing us because we're forcing <laughs> you to put out money for it. Yeah, who who gets the coveted title of Chip's pick? <laughs> uh, I'm going to win, I think. Mm. All right. But I technically have pre-approval because we've talked about it before. You said you really wanted to see it. <laughs> I am choosing Katsuhisa Kigetsu's Frankenfran, the manga about a young lady who is a doctor and also a Frankenstein who does a really bad job <laughs> of fitting into society. I really want to do it because Chris keeps calling it a sexy monster manga or something like that on the show notes. <laughs> and I really want to get his take on what happens inside the book now, too. Monster Girl oh, manga that's... is a whole genre that people are not people who are aware of are super aware of <laughs> and people who are not aware of it are like wait sexy like creepy like disfigured 
Frankensteins? And you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, what a delightful <laughs> well, choice. I'm excited uh, about it. You know what? Uh, it's a delightful choice. But who knows? Maybe I'm over Frankensteins by now. <laughs> oh, crap. From the last time you pitched it. So, uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. This uh, Frankenstein what sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to bring back one that I've talked about a couple times on the on the podcast. And somehow it's never hit never been on the recommendation queue. It is BL Metamorphosis. Yay! <laughs> BL Metamorphosis is basically about a 70-something-year-old woman who discovers, for the first time, boys love manga. She, she basically has not really been reading manga for a long time, but she discovers this manga about two boys, two high school boys in love with each other. She gets so enraptured with it, she gets interested. She goes to the bookstore and she asks the bookstore person, can I get volume two? And the bookstore person is this high school girl who just happens to be an aspiring manga artist. They become friends. And the high school girl kind of takes this older woman on this journey through the world of boys love manga fandom. Mm. Um, In latter volumes, she becomes kind of the girl gets this courage to start making her own comics and selling them at a comic show. So this is also kind of a, a manga about making manga, but it's also a really sweet story about two people at different stages in their life becoming friends over a shared interest. Mm. Cool. I, Sounds I'm very so emotional. <laughs> well, all four, I, by the time we, we get around to it, all four volumes will be out in English. So I think I'm going to recommend that we read all four. Is oh, it complete in four? Whoa. Mm-hmm. No, volume five is actually coming getting coming out in September. Volume five's the last oh. one. I'm sorry. Oh. But oh. volume four will be out on May twentieth. So like next week or the week after or something like that. Or maybe it's already even out. But, so uh, yeah. are you still recommending we read four volumes worth and then not have a conclusion? Or <laughs> Should we just stick with one volume of it? That might affect my pick. I don't know. I think you can read one volume and get the vibe of it. It's very dear. All right. Chris? Um, I I will add that I hope that you like it so much you read a second volume. Because the volumes are short. They're actually only like 150 pages or so. Rather than I would say maybe volume two. Because volume two things really, when she goes to her first uh, comic show. Yeah, the comic show is the best. It's such a good (laughs) thing. I'm sorry. Yeah, let's Um, do that one and two. No, this is good. I like Chris selling uh, Deb's pick. Oh, Chris, yeah, what's well, your pick? I sold my pick last time. So, <laughs> my pick, I was a little bad. I was a bad boy. Right. Um, yeah, we know. I ran <laughs> a whole. I ran a poll on a Facebook group called Osamu Tezuka Fandom because the nice folks who sent us the Akira box set that we talked about last week Mm -hmm. were like, and how come you guys haven't covered Tezuka yet? He is literally the god of manga. What is wrong with you? And I was just like, yes, you're right. I actually feel suitably ashamed that we have not recommended an Osamu Tezuka manga. So I went to the experts. I went to the Osamu Tezuka fan group and I said, hey, this guy Chip Zdarsky... Me and some friends do a podcast with this him. Idiot never friend read, of mine. Never read any Tezuka. What would you guys recommend? And we ran a poll, and there were like I think two dozen recommendations because Tezuka has a lot of books and has a lot of books translated into English. And I think we have settled on Phoenix Volume Two, Future. Okay. Phoenix is a uh, 
what do I want to say? It's like a banner title for a series of sci-fi stories that take place at different periods in time. Each volume of Phoenix, give or take, stands on its own. Uh, there's one two-parter. Sometimes volumes are short enough that they include two stories in the same volume. Phoenix Volume 2 was actually the first released in North America. A lot of people don't know that. It was released sort of oversized as a standalone book with no volume number on it to test the waters to see if people would like it. Okay. It's, okay. It's by literally <laughs> the god of manga, and it's a yeah. sci-fi story, and it's the best introduction to why people think that this guy is the best comics creator who ever lived. So it's like if you had never read any Kirby before, and we're like, here's the entirety of the fourth world in one book. Here you go. Uh, <laughs> depends on where your favorite Kirby is. I'm a fourth world guy. So, yeah. So we're going to give you the Japanese version of that. I would like to send a thank you to the group, the members of the Osama Tezuka fan club on Facebook for picking that book. So I didn't have to be responsible for it. All right. Chip, you're going to get to read The God of Manga. All right. Once again, I do not know what the book is about. <laughs> you have not sold me on the book. You've sold me on everything around the book. About how volume two came out first. Like, what do I care about that? It's it's came out first because it's the best one. All you need to know. I don't want to spoil it going in. Bottom of the list. You just want, you just <laughs> shot it right to the bottom. <laughs> uh, I will I will say though, here's here's an interesting manga tidbit about me. My ex-wife, yes, my ex-wife, uh, when we were together, she was the assistant to the guy who represented Tezuka's stuff in North America, all the merchandise and oh, beetles wow. and everything. Oh, wow. So we had a lot of Astro Boy stuff around the house, That's and I still have not—I still have not read Phoenix. If she has read it, maybe she can come on and be a, a guest. Uh, Roberta special episode. Yeah, I love Roberta. Roberta. She's episode. so much better than you. She's very negative. <laughs> I'm going to warn you right now. My ex-wife is very negative, <laughs> so we'll see how that plays out. But anyways, it doesn't matter because it's going to take a long time to get to it. Because Chris, you're at the bottom of the list. There. <laughs> Awesome. All right. So what is your Oh wait, so David David no we all went. We all went. No, David, yeah, I know. Now now like order then. You got to you got to pick. Oh, I think you got I, I think No, no, I'm just thinking. Ah, I'm okay. just thinking. It's, it's, it's actually this is this is maybe the hardest decision I've ever had to make. Oh, and I got to say just we're going to do you get two and then we're doing a cure volume two, which we announced last week. That's going to be the 25th episode. And then you get a third, a third pick. So you're picking 23, 24, 26 and, you know, onwards from there. Okay. 25 set. I think, I think chips pick is going to be BL metamorphosis because I love older women. <laughs> Deb, Deb somehow knew my Achilles heel is stories about older women. <laughs> And then, and then uh, uh, David's uh, weird Frankenstein book. Nice. Everybody <laughs> wins but Chris. Everybody wins but Chris, as it should be on manga explaining. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I got to read Phoenix, so I win eventually. Sure. Sure. Phoenix. Future. All right. So <laughs> that means that after today's episode, coming up on manga explaining, we have episode 19, Yona of the Dawn. That'll be published by Viz. A Bride Story, published by Yen. Saint Young Men, published by Kodansha. The Journal of My Father, published by Fanfare Ponemont. Beal Metamorphosis, Volumes 1 and 2 by Seven Seas. Frank and Fran, Volume 1 2, which is a double volume from Seven Seas. Akira, Volume 2 from Kodansha. And Phoenix, Volume 2 Future by Viz Media coming up. And that'll be episode. That's a lot of, we got a lot of books in the hopper, eh? Mm -hmm. Weird. Got a lot of stuff. Got a lot of stuff. Yeah. Oh, also, yeah. Frank and Fran is two in one. 
But I think for the podcast, we can just read the first volume. Wow. Uh, it's good. We can keep on going, of course. But, you know. How many volumes is it total? Eight individual volumes, probably four print volumes. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. So long. Everything's so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's what sorry. happens when you have a, an industry that supports weird work. Yeah. Ugh. It's disgusting. <laughs> Thank God I don't have that in North America. <laughs> that sounds like some three really exciting books that we're going to be reading sometime in the not-too-distant future. If you want to keep up with us, go to the Manga Explaining website and see the list of upcoming reads so you can get ahead of the curve. All right. Those are three really interesting books that we're going to be listening to in the next couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to them, and I hope you are too. Until next time, this is the Manga Spinning Crew saying, keep reading manga, because we got more to talk about. Thanks a lot. Or else. <laughs> or else. <laughs> oh, I like our new slogan. This is good. Manga Explaining episode 18. Thank you for listening. For our next episode, we'll be discussing the manga Yon of the Dawn by Mizuho Kusanagi from Shoujo Beat and Viz Media. Want to pick up a copy? Consider supporting your local comic book and manga specialty shop. Find one near you at comicshoplocator.com. You can also follow along with our complete reading list at mangasplaining.com. Thanks to DADS for their musical accompaniment for this episode. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.